In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We have placed before us this morning uh, two parables, two stories which Jesus tells from what for many is that beloved chapter of uh, Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter of Luke's gospel, and not just a beloved chapter from Luke's gospel, but also a beloved passage of many as well, as Paul writes to Timothy, describing himself uh, as the foremost of sinners, as the chief of sinners. Uh, Paul's life and his ministry, in essence, being an active parable. Uh, God uh, forgiving him, loving him, restoring him, redeeming him, that we might uh, see the infinite and the miraculous patience uh, of God, which goes forth not just to Paul, but which is extended to you and to me as well. And we read a moment ago from that 15th chapter in Luke's gospel, and if you remember, uh, or if not, I'll tell you, uh, in Luke's gospel there are are three successive parables which Jesus tells, and it's uh, basically it's a cumulative response um, to the Pharisees and the legal experts who continued um, to um, push back at Jesus for the company that he kept. And Jesus tells three stories that that escalate in significance. We begin with the parable of the lost sheep. A man has 100 sheep. Uh, He loses one and will not rest until the one which is lost is found, and then he brings it home uh, rejoicing. A woman has 10 coins valuable to her. One is lost. She won't rest until the entire house is turned upside down and she finds the one which is lost. And similarly, um, she calls uh, her friends together to celebrate that that which was lost uh, had been found. And what we didn't read this morning, but what concludes the 15th chapter in that escalation is what is referred to as the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. A man um, had two sons. And if you remember the story, one in essence was, was lost to him. Uh, as he uh, rejected his father and as he went away into a foreign land. Uh, And in all of this, not surprisingly, Jesus tells uh, these stories before us this morning and and throughout the scripture that that God and the character of God uh, might be revealed to you and to me, that the good news uh, might be made clear to you and to me. And Karl Barth uh, reportedly said that in the final analysis, there are two primary characters in the Bible, God uh, and you. Uh, And we see in the parables before us this morning something of the character of God in relationship with you and with me, one uh, that I pray uh, that you'll see brings profoundly good news to us. One of the things that Jesus and the Pharisees are are, uh, running into one another on is over the matter of table fellowship. And that might not seem like a particularly big deal uh, to you, but it was a very significant thing uh, for the people of that time, and particularly for the Pharisees and for the legal experts. Uh, The table was basically uh, a means of determining who was in and who was out, uh, who you had fellowship with and who you didn't have fellowship with, who you saw as worthy and who you saw as unworthy, uh, who uh, you were going to share belief and life with, and who you were going to exclude from that. And and surely, in many ways, the Pharisees and the legal experts felt rejected by Jesus because he had dined um, with them, 
And then following dining with them, he had, to their great chagrin, uh, had eaten with tax collectors and with sinners. Uh, and in response to this, in response to their feeling that these people were beneath Jesus's notice, that they were beneath his fellowship, that they're beneath his love and his attention, uh, Jesus tells a story which reveals his character and which reveals the character of God. As we uh, reflect on this this morning and as I uh, reflected and prayed through and thought about these, I was reminded of an event. Uh, you'll be shocked to know it, it reminds me of a story. Um, and I'm going to share that with you. Uh, I'm going to share that with you now. Uh, it was a number of years ago, and this is, uh, this is revelatory about Paul and myself, but not necessarily in a particularly good way. Um, we are a couple that both of us are looking to the other person to get motivated uh, when it comes to our house uh, and its cleanliness and its organization. I, I keep hoping that she'll get the fever. Uh, she keeps hoping that I'll get the fever. Um, so far, we're completely free of that fever. Uh, but, but periodically, we'll have these sort of, uh, sort of fits and starts where we'll, we'll, we'll make a go at it. And uh, on this particular occasion, it was Paula's turn to feel a little burst of motivation. And so um, apparently, we own a vacuum. Uh, and she found it. And so we, she began to sort of you know, clean up a little bit um, around and thought it'd be a great idea. Um, the, the attachment that goes to the vacuum um, to go ahead and, and dust off the, the top of her dresser with that attachment. And as, as she went along, um, she sucked up her engagement ring. Um, and this is going to shock you. Um, she didn't go in after it. She waited for me to come home. Um, so, and, and so I arrived home, and she told me about, uh, about what happened. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to uh, approach this in, in a good way. And so what I did was I took on the bag. And at that point, uh, we, we still have a big black dog, but we also had three little kids at that point. So you can imagine it was a very full um, vacuum bag, and it was... Um, uh, it was my opportunity to go in and in search of the ring. And so I went in, and what I did, I thought this would be a good approach. Uh, I went in, of course, dug my hand in and started to, you know, feel through um, everything, looking um, for the ring. And when I would sift through it with my hands and realize it wasn't in there, I went ahead and put that in the trash and just sort of went through and did that until, not surprisingly, I get to the very bottom of the bag. And, uh, you know, finally, um, after this pleasurable experience. Uh, I found the ring, and uh, but here's the issue. When I found the ring, it was the setting. Uh, apparently, the, the diamond had actually been uh, knocked loose, and, and if you remember, where had I put the contents of the vacuum bag? Uh, in the kitchen trash can. Um, and so uh, I didn't say, well, you know what? Um, we got the setting, and that's good enough. Um, we'll just kind of move on from there. Not surprisingly, the next thing, I had spread garbage bags out on the kitchen floor and had dumped the entirety uh, of the kitchen trash. Uh, you know, she was encouraging, but not helping. Um, and so at that moment, not surprisingly, I didn't say, I love my wife. Uh, but, I, but I continued on because this was valuable, and I was going to find it. And you know, I was, I was this far, and so I began to go through all the trash on the kitchen floor bit um, by bit, sort of feeling through everything. And then, uh, toward the end, miraculously, in the bottom of one of those white um, styrofoam cups, so, you know, you've had a drink in that white styrofoam cup, there's just a teeny bit of ice left, and you throw it in the trash can, and it leaves, you know, about that much of water in the bottom of the styrofoam cup. Uh, the diamond had actually gone down into 
that cup and the little tiny bit of water there at the bottom. And, and uh, amazingly, miraculously, um, I, I found the stone. And, you know, interesting, it didn't end there. We, of course, uh, uh, went to get... Uh, you know, to get it fixed and, and get a new setting. And, and I thought that, that Paula would feel uh, really kind of a little guilty about being that irresponsible. But the next thing I knew, um, we had upgraded from gold to platinum. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how that economy works, but, you know, apparently I thought it was irresponsible. She thought it was traumatic. Um, and so the, the response would be to, to upgrade um, the setting while we're at it. Um, well, I, I share that story with you. Not, not surprisingly, um, this was something uh, that was valuable um, to us. You know, I mean, yes, uh, at, at the end of the day, um, it's, it's a stone. At the end of the day, it's, it's a pebble. It's less uh, than a pebble, but obviously it's valuable because of what it represents. But, but another thing that I thought was, was interesting, and this was clearly unintended at the time, but um, at the end of finding it, obviously, um, we, uh, we didn't scold one another. We didn't sort of walk away dourly. We, we celebrated um, that what was lost had been found. But not only that, but that which was lost uh, and found wasn't restored meagerly. It was restored uh, with an upgrade. And the reason I share that with you is that is uh, the hard to believe but completely true and profound message of, of God's grace. Uh, that God, what was so um, shocking um, to the Pharisees, and as I say, we tend to beat up on the Pharisees, but, but we're all Pharisees of some sort or another. Uh, we all like to um, define what God really cares about and what's really important to him. And, and surprisingly, what we think that God cares about and what's really important to God are always the things that we're fairly decent at um, and, and that we feel like we're, for the most part, better um, than other people. But the Pharisees had a hard time believing that God would love uh, and seek these lost people, um, that he would desire uh, not simply to restore them grudgingly with a certain amount of scolding to go along with it, but not only would they be brought um, into his fellowship, but they'd be brought in with an upgrade, um, that they would be restored uh, in relationship with him, that they would be reconciled by him, um, that they would have all the rights conferred uh, upon them as God's sons uh, and God's daughters. And that is the uh, all true and amazing and miraculous message of God and Jesus Christ. That is a God uh, who lovingly and wonderfully seeks us, who, who knows full well um, that we're lost. And the news is as well is that our repentance, uh, which is celebrated, uh, proceeds from forgiveness rather than precedes it. Uh, the lost sheep uh, didn't find itself. Uh, the coin didn't find itself. It was the efforts of another um, that found that which was lost and brought it and returned it that it might be restored. And so is the message of God and Jesus Christ. He comes to us not uh, when we're cleaned up enough, not when we're found enough, not when we've worked hard enough. And, and we tell ourselves that again and again. I need to do just a little bit more, uh, get just a little bit better. Uh, I need to stop um, doing this and I need to start um, doing that. And once I do that, God might begin to deign to uh, be in relationship with me. But the amazing message uh, in Jesus is that God seeks us while we're still lost, that we might be restored, that we might be loved, that we might be in relationship with him. 
And despite all of our attempts to feel, to present ourselves as, as self-assured uh, and secure and self-sufficient, who among us doesn't long for that? Who among us doesn't long to be loved and sought? Who among us doesn't long to have someone um, pursue us that we might be loved, that we might be valued, that we might be restored? Uh, and the amazing message is that God does just that uh, in Jesus Christ. And through his cross and through his resurrection, um, you and I are people um, who are not restored grudgingly uh, and reluctantly, uh, but graciously uh, and finally uh, and fully. And as Jesus um, shares this, there is the invitation um, to the Pharisees and the legal experts, and there's the invitation to you and to me as well, as to reflect on the profound nature of the way that we have been loved and sought by God in Jesus Christ. And not simply uh, reflect on that um, in our own lives, but uh, to allow the truth of that to begin to penetrate um, our hearts and our minds and our lives in such a way uh, that it might fashion us uh, in our relationships with other people, uh, that we might be people who wonderfully and freely uh, are able to put away the books uh, that we keep score with, um, to see people who were unnoticeable before, um, to love people that were unlovable um, before, to be people who are so profoundly loved and restored uh, that it might free us in our lives and our relationships, uh, that we might love um, other people, uh, that we might extend the same graciousness, the same kindness, which comes not from the well of our own strength, but that comes from the well of being people who have been loved and sought, not because we deserve it, uh, but because God is gracious. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that in Jesus, your Son, uh, though we are, are, are lost, uh, though we are uh, not worthy, you and your love and your grace, uh, you seek us in Jesus, your Son, and that you have defeated the powers of sin and death in your cross and resurrection. You've extended to us uh, the upgrade of reconciled and right relationship with you, based not on ourselves but on you. So profoundly fill our hearts and our minds and our spirits with this truth that it might shape and fashion our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.